welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do a rankings or listing or whatever you want to call it for some PlayStation 1 games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Barry. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Looking forward to doing this. It's been a long time. I don't believe we've done a podcast since April. 30th of April. Yeah, we, we talked about that the other day. <laughs> that is a long time. It yeah. feels like an eternity, to be quite honest. Mm, but yeah, yeah just uh, just happy to be doing one again. Cool. Nice. Uh, so just before we get into the rankings, I just want to have a little discussion about this really big era of, of games that we're going to talk about, specifically the... The 90s era of PlayStation 1 games, which in my opinion, this is just my opinion, it's not a fact, I think is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, era of video games. You've got several uh, characters that were created at t- that time. you got Crash Bandicoot, Tomb Raider, Metal Gear Solid, Abe, Resident Evil, Tony Hawk, uh, Silent Hill. I could I could go, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII, one of the most you know, critically claimed and loved games of of all time um things like grand theft auto one uh and uh, a, a ton of others as well um so I, I think it's fair to say not not only did this um give birth would be a, a weird way to put it not only did this era sort of create a lot of these really critically acclaimed characters and and franchises you think of what's come out of stuff like resident evil and metal gear solid and all these other games um yeah it's a it's quite an incredible era of games what do you what do you think of it Oh, the PlayStation 1, undeniably, is one of the greatest video game consoles of all time. Uh, When it was released in the UK here in uh, 1995, uh, it quickly, very quickly, went on to become the the biggest selling video game console of all time. And it's kind of easy to see why. Mm. Um, It had so many quality games churned out within that time. And uh, to be honest, though, um, I don't think anyone was taking it seriously to begin with because, you know, the the whole video game industry was pretty much owned by Nintendo and Sega at that point. Uh, Obviously, before Nintendo, you had Atari. Nintendo basically put Atari out of business. Nintendo come along. You had Sega and then Sony, Sony entering the video game market. Um, It's kind of interesting, really, because I think Sony originally uh, were going to work in cahoots with Nintendo. For this console and the whole deal went kaput and uh, Sony decided to go ahead, go with their own direction and make their own video game console. And that was the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say it certainly worked because we're about to get the fifth PlayStation. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of things have changed. Of course, licenses have changed here and there. Uh, I'm going to mention certain different things here and there with with, with certain things I know about. Uh, I think what we should do with this list um so we've got a top five, and then I've got one, well, kind of an honourable mention, or it's it's basically my number six. How many honourable mentions do you have for, for your list? Um, yeah, I mean, needless to say, this list wasn't easy to do, because there's a hell of a lot Definitely. of great games for yeah. PS1. But uh, just just a couple, just a couple of honourable mentions I'll quickly kind of just, just talk about briefly. Okay. Uh, I think what we'll do then, to make this a uh, little bit interesting, if you do all of your honourable mentions first... I will do my number six, and then you jump into number five, and then we'll take turns as we go from five to one, if you get what I mean. Okay. Uh, so yep, which of fine. your... Pick your first uh, honourable mention. What would that be? Okay, well, the first honourable mention, um, I was very torn, actually, because this is a franchise that consists of many games, um, and it, it it's Crash Bandicoot 3. Um, I could have picked one, I could have picked two, uh, obviously, Crash Bandicoot, PlayStation icon, you know, Nintendo had Mario, Sega had Sonic, Sony come up with their own Crash Bandicoot. And it's one of the best platforming franchises out there, especially love the first three games. Obviously, we had the uh, the remastered edition not long back. Uh, great platforming series and uh, quite quite challenging as well. Certainly the first game. I actually think the first game is actually the toughest of the bunch. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, But with the third game, they obviously threw in a lot more kind of gameplay varieties as flying levels. You've got the tradition, all of these crush games are renowned for having their uh, like their running levels. In the first game, it was on a wild pig. On the second game, it was on a baby polar bear. Um, It's very much become a tradition of the series. But I really like the uh, the different variety of levels in, in the third game. So for me, it's it's one of the best platform games of the PlayStation one. Definitely, yeah. 
Um, just to be clear as well, we're doing one per franchise. Otherwise, I'd have Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 in this list. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll be giving some thoughts certainly later on uh, Crash Bandicoot 3 because obviously it's in my list. So, uh, I don't think that that's any secret, you know. <laughs> I've made it quite clear yeah. of uh, how big of a Crash fan I am. So, um, cool. What's your next uh, honourable mention? The next one. This, this nearly got into the top five, actually. Mm. Um it, it almost got into the top five. It's very much a classic of the survival horror genre, released in 99, and that is Silent Hill. Now, the original Silent Hill is actually one of the scariest uh, games I've played. It's certainly one of the most atmospheric. Um, what I love about the Silent Hill franchise is its emphasis on psychological horror. Um, you know, when this game came out, like I said, in 99, um, I hadn't really played a game like it. You only really had kind of like a couple of big survival horror game franchises around at that time. And uh, Silent Hill, it's, you know, it's creepy. As I said, it's atmospheric and uh, it's very psychologically orientated. And even the score, the score in this game is creepy. Now, this was one of the late PlayStation 1 releases. This was kind of like near the tail end. This was, like I say, 99 um, this come out uh this nearly got into my number five spot because i actually think it's still now silent hill 2 i think is a strong contender for best survival horror game of all time i mean i think it's widely regarded as being the best in the franchise but obviously that was playstation 2 that came out two years later um so yeah silent hill i think it's one of the best one of the best survival horror games and it's a franchise i'd love to see make a comeback yeah, you'd have to politely ask Konami about that. I don't know what their yeah. response would be. It's but, not going to uh, be any time soon, I think, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people are speculating, just a quick side note, some people are speculating that there is a new game in development and will be be revealed at this week's PlayStation event. I wouldn't hold my breath for that. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. That's just, I, I don't think that's going to going to happen but um mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah the, the silent hill franchise to me isn't one that i've never really sort of clicked with in terms of the you know playstation side of horror i've always been a bit more into resident evil for better and for worse you know we've I, i've yeah. I played resident evil 5 i know how bad that can, the, the franchise can get but uh certainly with the 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 previous games it's uh it's done some pretty good stuff so um i i knew that that would kind of come up in this list because you're, you're you're more into the sort of silent hill psychological stuff stuff and i'm more into the you know survival horror zombie type of uh that type yeah. of survival so um yeah but, i mean uh, i mean silent hill has a lot of issues you know game gameplay wise and that you know it has <laughs> it has issues it has a lot of clunky controls and all this and that but from a narrative perspective and everything i just love the uh the atmosphere that this game actually conveys and the surrealism and all that. But you're right. I'm a big fan of psychological horror. Um, you know, there's very kind of David Lynchian, who's obviously a very surrealistic horror director. There's definitely kind of echoes of Lynch in that, in that franchise. And that's kind of what really appeals to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you had three honorable mentions, did you? Oh, sorry. Just two. Just okay, two. Sorry. Just two. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll go with my number six, which is technically my honourable mention, but uh, we can rank that however. Uh, my number six is Tomb Raider, released in 1996, developed by Core Design um, and published by uh, Square Enix, who still have the rights to the games and recently did the uh, the newer reboot and stuff, uh, developed by Crystal Dynamics, the, the newer ones, um, who also went on to make the Avengers game, which I will not talk about here. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Tomb Raider, uh, yeah, really kind of, it's interesting because people talk about, um, you know, they like to compare the the sort of modern day Tomb Raider games and Uncharted and how they kind of technically inspired each other in a way. And if you do look at the newer Tomb Raider games and you look at the older ones, there's certainly a bit of a change there in terms of that the newer Tomb Raider games are much more Uncharted-like, whereas if you look at some of the, the original um, like the, the original PS1 games and this, this first uh, Tomb Raider game that I'm talking about here, uh, just a very kind of difference in terms of um, less sort of action-oriented and more kind of survival-oriented, and you had like, you know, less equipment, you weren't like grappling around all over the place like you are in the in the newer games and stuff, but uh, it's certainly uh, a memorable kind of experience. I did play some of the first um, 
Tomb Raider game, and I, n I never quite got around to finishing it, probably for for some reason. But uh, every time I sort of see clips of it or pieces of it, and that, uh, I am still kind of inclined to go back and uh, kind of revisit the series. But um, yeah, the the original sort of uh, releases of the series. But um, yeah, I quite liked what they what they did with them. I thought they were quite good. Um, what's your thoughts on Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider is, uh, believe it or not, I know it's one of the uh... Uh, you know, one of the most popular, and certainly Lara Croft, without a doubt, is one of the most iconic characters in the history of video games. Uh, yeah. It's just never been a franchise that clicked with me. Mm. Um, I'm not actually a big fan of the original Tomb Raider games. Um, I always struggled. I always struggled with them. Uh, the control mechanics, and I, um, you know, I found like in those games that the, the most basics, basic of jumps, was made a lot harder than it should have been because of the erratic camera. And, uh, yeah, Tomb Raider is just not a franchise I could ever really get to grips with. And when it was rebooted in 2013, which, you know, getting back to kind of what you said, it clearly adopted some of the Uncharted yeah. gameplay yeah. Um, elements. And uh, I actually thought it was great. I actually thought it was the reboot that that franchise very much needed. Um, so I really liked 2013's Tomb Raider. Admittedly, I've not played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I did like I did really like Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, but no, I was just never. Everyone else seemed to love it. I, I just it wasn't really one of my. I mean, it kind of gave us our first big commercially successful female super, uh, not superhero, sorry, video game character. Yeah. Uh, because long before her, though, there was a character from Metroid. The lead character in that game is called Samus, yeah, Samus and the kind yeah. of twist in that game was that Samus w was actually a woman. Um, but yeah, Lara Croft was our kind of first big leading female um, video game character. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I was never a big fan of Tomb Raider, which I kind of felt a bit weird for because everyone else was ranting and raving about it and loving it. And I just could never really get into it. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, but that's my one and only honourable mention or number six. Uh, so now we're going to take turns and go from five to one. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. And creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Uh, so what's your number five? 
Okay, number five is actually the third instalment in a long-running video game franchise. Admittedly, I'm not really into this franchise now anymore, but back then when this came out, this was one of my favorite video game franchises, and that's Tekken 3. Uh, now, Tekken 3 is obviously, it's actually, I believe, now the most successful fighting game franchise of all time in terms of game sales. Um, I love Tekken. I mean, Tekken, the very first Tekken came out, you know, PlayStation 1 in 95 in the UK. It was the game that I got on release day. Tekken 2 was a great sequel. It did everything that the first game did, but better. And the third game was even better. It went up a few gears. And I know among a lot of Tekken fans, uh, they would actually consider the third to still be arguably the best in the franchise. Um, you know, it introduced quite a few notable new characters in Ling Xiaoyu, Hwaorang, Eddie Gordo, uh, Brian Fury. There's quite a few characters that were added to that roster who have now gone on to become some of the most popular characters in the franchise. Um Great fight mechanics for its time. Uh, it's notable for it introduced the sidestep, which, of course, has become a big thing for many Tekken players. Um, and not only that, I mean, it had, you know, it had a huge move list and a huge array of characters. Um, but it actually had a couple of really notable um, kind of side mission things. There was actually Tekken Ball, Volleyball, but in the Tekken universe, which was actually great fun. That was like a game in itself. Um, there was also uh, Tekken Force, which was kind of like a very Streets of Rage-esque side-scrolling fighter mm -hmm. as well. So they added, they threw all these little kind of extra little games into the game. And uh, yeah, I thought Tekken 3, certainly when it came out, I remember pre-ordering it. It was released in 98 and I was so excited and I played it and I just fell in love with it. For me, it was the best uh, 3D fighting game on the PlayStation 1. Cool, cool. Uh, in terms of Tekken for me, I've really got uh, no opinion at all of it necessarily. I've not, not really ever followed the series. I've, I have I think I've probably played the game a little bit when I was younger and stuff, but uh, it's never been a franchise I have. I'm just, you know, completely neutral on it. So yeah. uh, uh, I've not got uh, too much to add. Um, but uh, with that, I'm going to move on to my number five, which is going to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, released in 1999, uh, developed by Neversoft, uh, who I don't think are actually around anymore, uh, and Treyarch, who definitely are because they still work on the Call of Duty games, published by Activision. Uh, Activision do still own the Tony Hawk games because they just actually remastered this game along with the second one, uh, which you can go and get on uh, PlayStation 4, you know, Xbox, PC. I don't think it's on Switch, but uh, you can go and get those on uh, Xbox and PS4. Um, yeah, you know, it created probably one of the if not the most uh, iconic skating level in gaming that warehouse um level at the start with i think it was called american boy the song for for that that, that yeah we i think that, that was time. it yeah yeah I, I i tell you the amount of times i've seen pictures or videos or just heard that song over the course of most of my life because this game's been out since 99 um is uh, is quite often actually it gets you know when when I hear conversations about like classic video games or some of the best games that people would love to see come back, this is usually in that conversation and uh, thankfully it did actually get a remaster which uh, didn't blow blow up as much as I thought it would the actual news of that but the game is available now and you can actually go and play it on PS4 and Xbox um so uh, which I I haven't played the remaster myself but I hear very very good things about it which is uh, always what you want so um but uh yeah never soft i don't think around anymore treyarch are still around because they make uh they're in the rotation of call of duty developers um so uh you got that as well but um yeah activision still got that to this day as well so uh what's your thoughts on the tony hawk games uh admittedly i've never played that much of them but from what i have played now that is that is one of i think i've only played two games in the entire franchise and it's great fun it's mm. addictive pick up and play uh, really enjoyed playing it. I just haven't really played that much of it. Um, but I know it's a very popular video game franchise, and it's, it's regarded by many, actually, to be one of the best video games of all time. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I certainly had a lot of fun playing it. It's just not a franchise that I'm kind of very well-versed in. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've only played the first one, and I think it was called Tony Hawk's Underground. It was on PlayStation 2. I think okay. that's what it was called. It was a little bit more sort of open world esque, but uh, 
But uh, yeah. th- th- those are the two that I remember playing. And then there was, of course, the awful Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, which was basically released so that Activision could keep, or so that they could keep the license. So, um, But the, the yeah. remasters of 1 and 2 are out now. So, uh, What's your number four on the list? Oh, uh, number four's a game that probably needs no real introduction, actually. It's getting back to survival horror, um, which I would say it's it's arguably the best in the franchise. Uh, and that's Resident Evil 2, which came out in 98. Again, same year as Tekken 3. They're two games I was very much excited for. Um, yeah, Resident Evil, obviously, that was kind of the first big, what you'd say, commercially successful survival horror game. I think that's a classic. Admittedly, it hasn't aged well, but still, it's a classic of the time. Resident Evil 2 uh, is a game that's just very much kind of on a bigger scale. Um, you know, obviously, I, I love the original's claustrophobic aspect set in the mansion. Uh, Resident Evil 2, obviously, we get we get the city. Pretty much the most game, most of the game is actually in the police station. Um, but yeah, again, it's a game that I found that, you know, unlike Silent Hill, Resident Evil's, yeah, it's kind of zombies and it's more about jump scares and all that. But it managed to be pretty intense and it managed to be quite challenging because I'm not sure if you remember. Well, there was a remake recently, so yeah. I know you've played it. Is like, for example, the save system. You've got to find a typewriter and all that, and mm. uh, yeah. you've got to really try and conserve your ammo. And uh, it was, yeah, it was quite a challenging, but it was a game that wasn't just about zombies. There was, you know, there was other creatures in there. I particularly remember the giant alligator boss in it that a kind of an a la little homage to jaws you blow up the canister in its mouth uh you can either do that or waste like you know 40 shots on it but i think resident evil 2 is actually yeah again one of the best survival horror games out there um i think it's actually better than the first game but the first game's great and the remake that came out you know not too long back uh was was fantastic uh a great remake mm-hmm. um that, yeah, in 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 some aspects, I would actually say I'd say it improves on improves on the original. Um, but I mean, the what the one bit that I always remember in Resident Evil Two, the one bit that actually made me jump like hell, and it was a great little nod to Sixty Eight Night of the Living Dead, was where you're walking down the corridor, the boarded up windows, and the zombies' arms come out through yeah. the boarded up windows. I mean, that made me drop my controller. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think Resident Evil 2, it's a great sequel and just uh, a really good survival horror game. I mean, admittedly, you know, like Silent Hill, it has some gameplay issues, some of the, you know, the whole kind of fixed camera angle and I suppose that in a way kind of added some intensity to it. Uh, the controls were pretty, pretty clunky, but this, you know, this was back like in 98, you know, things have kind of improved since then. Yep. So uh, okay. I, th- I think it's a, yeah, a great, a, a great game for its time, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have Resident Evil 2 at number four. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. developed by Capcom and released in 1998, who are still making Resident Evil games to this day. They've made quite a few in a short space of time, because they remastered the second and the third, and now they're yeah. working on uh, number eight, which I think is called Village as well. So, yeah, yeah they're they're working away pretty fast on on those games, but clearly they're they're being a success. And um, it's quite good that they are making you know an actual sequel with eight, which is which looks like more in the in, more in line with what they did with Resident Evil Seven, which I, yeah. I didn't like sort of the you know the, the first person choice there. Um, but with you know the Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three, what they did there I thought was uh, really really good. Um, I did think Resident Evil 2 was a lot better than than 3. Granted, Nemesis is quite a good um, villain for the third game, but at the end, he just pops up so much that like you don't really fear him anymore. It's the but, Nemesis show, isn't it? Yeah, they really kind yeah. of like, yeah. Because mm. Mr. Mr. X, isn't it, from the second game? Yeah. Uh, who was quite yeah. good as well. I, I uh, yeah, enjoyed fighting against him and stuff. Uh, and you could like hear the music, and you could hear his footsteps, and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. I thought that was great. So... Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the first time you meet Nemesis and you're in that um, little street or whatever and he jumps at you and he's got tentacles and whatever else, uh, it's intimidating. But just the the further along Resident Evil 3 goes, the less impact that has because he's kind of all over you by the end of the game. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
go, go on. No, sorry, I was just gonna say like le- less is more. They kind of like yeah. it was an overutilization of him, and it's like OP as well. He can now what create his own zombie slaves and something like that. Yeah, they went a little bit, you know, kind of over the top with him. Um, he, he kind of makes Mister X from Resident Evil Two like look, look like a Disney character, really, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Compared, sure. but yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we both have the same number four which um, is, is kind of cool. Uh, what's your number three? Um, my number three is a game released in 1997. There's actually been a few games in this franchise, and there is a new one coming out, uh, I believe, next year. I'm not sure if it's been given an official release date, uh, but Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, um, a game that I love. I love for the quirkiness, the weirdness of it. It's essentially at its core, it's a platform puzzler, um, but it's definitely kind of a thinking man's game as well. It's uh, it, it's oh, yeah. quite challenging. I mean, yeah. the real challenge in this game is to try and kind of save all hundred Madokans. Uh, if you do that, if you are good enough to do that, you get the good ending. There's actually two endings. If just one of them dies, you get the bad ending. Mm. Um, but what I love is the sense of humor that this game has. It's you know they've created a great icon, a great character in Abe. Um, I just love the character designs in this game. The slicks, the slogs, the um, <laughs> what they call the the, the paramites, the scraps, or something. Um, yeah. something like that. Yeah, they've just they've just kind of created. I love the world that this game created and gave us. Mm. Um, I remember playing the demo and I thought this is different. This is a game that kind a game that kind of stands out from the crowd. And uh, admittedly, I'll be honest, I never completed it. And I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I never got to the end of it. Uh, I know it was remastered for the PlayStation 4 called under the title um, Odd World. I believe it was called Fresh and Tasty. New and Tasty, yeah. New and Tasty, sorry. Yeah, yeah. a remake, essentially a remaster. I probably do need to purchase it, actually, at some point. It's a really good remaster, um, actually, yeah. I've played it three times. All of which okay. I got bad endings on, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's a really good game. It's like I say, it's one of them games that does certainly when it was released in '97, there wasn't there wasn't a game like it. Mm. Um, I love the whole, you know the chanting that you do. You can possess the slags, and um, you really got to kind of think your way through that game, and that's what I like. I like a game that requires you to kind of use your brain cells. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey uh, definitely holds kind of a special place in my heart when it comes to PlayStation One titles. Yeah, yeah, it's quite incredible with that game the amount of like because it's a dark, gloomy world. Like it really is. Like you think yeah. of because there's themes of like slavery and just you know death and torture and all. But they're eating stuff. them, aren't they? Yeah, they're actually eating yeah, the workers. <laughs> yeah. But they somehow it's a talent to you know the writing team pretty much yeah. able to make Abe this comedic kind of goofy at times goofy sort of clumsy character and yeah. I, I've I it's rare that you'll see such a perfect balance of really really dark themes but then like Abe's hitting his head on something and then he's falling down in a cutscene or whatever and or like if you accidentally run into the wall or something and he like trips over yeah. And, yeah, I can't think of too many, like, TV shows, games, and films that have been able to do um, that sort of balance really well, so. Yeah, I always remember, like, the, hi, follow me, wait here, you know, all all that. And, obviously, the next game in the franchise is called Soulstorm. And I've seen some footage of it, seen some trailers. Looks very impressive. I'm really excited because this is a franchise that's not had a game for a long time. I believe the last game in the franchise, excluding the uh, the remake, of course, is Stranger's Wrath. I think that was it, yeah. Which is a very different... It's set within the Odd World universe, but it's a very different kind of game. I don't think it's actually a kind of a a 2D uh, platform puzzler, if you will. Um, so I really do feel like another Odd World game is very much welcome and very kind of long overdue. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. Uh, my number three is Odd World, but Abe's Exodus. So the sequel yeah. to uh, the first game that you just mentioned, also developed by Odd World Inhabitants, which are now independent and working on Soulstorm, the, re- the remaster that you mentioned, uh, released in 1998. Um, so the, the year after, I think. Um, yeah. It's really interesting with Soulstorm as well because I, th- I think it's Lawrence Lanning or Lauren Lanning. His, his name is something like that. 
and uh, he he's spoken before about like Soulstorm isn't just a remake or a remaster of uh exodus it's actually because they were a bit sort of crunched with um development time on the second game which from what i remember hearing was nine months uh which is which is quite short to you know develop a game Mm. and fully release it and all that what he's basically said is this game is going to be able to take more of the game's original vision so like instead of you know being forced to develop a game within whatever time because this game's already been in development for at least three years or so um, yeah. it, he's gonna basically take, still take kind of the core of what Exodus is, but add the ideas in to the the sort of bigger picture game that he's he's talked about before. Which I think it is great that they actually get the opportunity to finally do that. Uh, you know, yeah. o- over twenty years later, uh, which is great. So uh, yeah, I've already seen they've they've shown some trailers and some gameplay. It looks very very ambitious, and I think they've got uh, certainly the talent to pull it off. It already looks very very good from what they're trying, but uh, yeah, the, the world. The world tour looks yeah. uh, bigger and more ambitious and everything like that. So uh, I'm I'm very very excited. So we almost had the same game, but the, a different one in the same franchise. So yeah, yeah, because um, there was actually Munch's Odyssey as well, wasn't yeah, there? But that was on, on the Xbox uh, Switch. If release. anybody wants to get that, I think Strangers Wrath okay. and Munch's Odyssey are both on Switch. Last time I checked, okay. can't quite remember. I think they both are. Um, so go and have a look out for those if you want to. Uh, Munch's Odyssey is more in line with what the original Abe games were, but it's actually a 3D one. 3D, so, yeah. Because yeah, Stranger's Wrath is like a different character and, and everything. So um, if you do actually want to yeah, experience an, an Abe game, but more in 3D, uh, Munch's Odyssey sort of did that. So um, there you go. Uh, what is your run to number two now, aren't we? What is your number two? Uh, okay, well, I was really kind of like these two were kind of uh, number one and number two were kind of jostling for the top spot here. Uh, now, this is a game that's certainly without a doubt regarded as not being just one of the best PlayStation games of all time, but some people would say one of the best video games of all time. And that is Metal Gear Solid, which was released in the UK in early 99. So, again, kind of more towards the tail end of the PlayStation 1. Uh, what can I say? I mean, this game was pretty revolutionary. I mean, this game was fantastic. Um, very cinematic. I'd never played a game like it before. You know, it's cut scenes and it's story with twists and turns. Uh, great gameplay for its time. Uh, you know, it gave us a great protagonist in Solid Snake, who's just so goddamn cool um yeah a lot of a lot of memorable characters um you know this this game was kind of really helped to kind of popularize i think the stealth the stealth and the action genre within video games and uh like i said it's got a very cinematic quality to it but courtesy of hideo kojima who i think hideo kojima should may as well just go into films because obviously this is quite a long-running franchise now and you know as you know as as the franchise has gone on you know the cutscenes, the cinematics have just kind of got more epic and you know um metal gear so i say memorable characters i mean this has got probably one of the most memorable boss fights to me in uh, video game history uh we take on psycho mantis you have to because he's psychic you actually have to change your controller to the other port but if you remember he can actually read what games are on your memory card all the games that you've got saved on there he actually and i'm like you know this is back in 99 i'm like what the hell how did they do this uh, and the only way i think you could actually beat him was to put your controller in port two yeah true. um but it was, yeah, so it just Metal Gear Solid was just, it's a game that I completed quite a few times. There was a lot of great little Easter eggs, and it was very much kind of a, a nod to kind of like a tribute, if you will, to like the 70s and 80s Cold War action films and thrillers as well. Um, just yeah. Metal Gear Solid, I think, yeah, just, just a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly would, would agree with that. Um, I do also have Metal Gear Solid one is my my second one but we aren't we aren't going to have the same the same first game don't don't worry uh yeah, so okay. uh hey we 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 clearly agree on a lot of stuff here so which is cool um, great minds and all that yeah <laughs> but uh yeah hideo kojima just you know he's a i, I think the, the the words we've used to describe him before is both weird and wonderful because he certainly comes up with some weird stories and characters and all that but uh he's a he's a wonderful person from, from everything i've hear, heard and uh you know how jeff Keighley talks about him and and all that sort of thing um it's really quite a disgrace 
how Konami's not only treated, you know, their their games and their staff and everything, um, you know, especially within the last couple of years, but how they treated Kojima himself. They were clearly the biggest thing that he had. He's gone now. He's what he's got his own. You know, it's called Kojima uh, Kojima Productions. Uh, they did obviously Death Stranding. Is that 2018, 2019? I think that was a 2019 game. Um, 2019, yeah. yeah. I think I remember having it on my, my best of 2019 list. Um, but yeah, he's gone off to do that and like separated himself from Konami and everything, which is great. Works with PlayStation, obviously, to uh, to make Death Stranding, which is, a, again, a weird and wonderful game uh, with, with Norman Reedus and that. Um, yeah, certainly as a man who can, can attract... Um, quality as well you know he's worked with Mads Mikkelsen and Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus and, and and all these other really big names and everything um I think in the second season of classic reviews that I did I did actually do an episode on uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 because I played this on the PlayStation Classic and I used um because I've got this like USB sort of device this uh, adapter sort of thing and you can plug it into the PlayStation Classic, and I connected my PS4 controller to it, so I didn't have to use the the analogless uh, stick uh, controller, the the one that didn't have the analog sticks with it. Uh, that's the one that comes with your your PlayStation Classic. But uh, I was able to use the PS4 controller and use like analog stick and all that, which was a much better experience, probably. Um, but uh, I remember going in and thinking like, hey, I've never really I played Metal Gear Solid Five. I thought that was a great game and everything but i just never really dipped into the previous games before that and uh went in kind of thinking like oh it's going to be all clunky and horrible and all that because it's you know a playstation one game but no it really really surprised me actually i really quite uh quite enjoyed the experience of it so um i think i remember seeing some of it or playing some of it when i was a bit younger but you know didn't didn't play it properly or anything like that so uh yeah that's uh it's a certainly a very very memorable uh playstation one game and again you know, one of the births of one of the greatest characters in video games, uh, Solid Snake. I just hope that we see him sometime again in the future. Yeah, but that's. I'm, uh, I'm trying that's to remember. To I'm trying to remember when I um, I played it. I played the demo, and I'm pretty certain it came with Silent Hill, which is also obviously a Konami game. Right. I'm sure it was Silent Hill or another Konami game. And yeah, I remember playing the demo to Metal Gear Solid. I was like. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? My, my my younger self was just I was just blown away, and I'm like, I, I, I'm going to buy this on release. <laughs> and and then of course Metal Gear Solid Two, which was hugely anticipated. Um, I really liked Metal Gear Solid Two, which was obviously on the PlayStation Two, but at the same time, I felt robbed and cheated, and I think a lot of people did because you only kind of play Solid Snake for like the first third of the game. Yeah. And then obviously it introduced the character of Raiden, yeah. And I, I just wanted more Solid Snake. Yeah. I just, yeah. It, it's still, it was a really good game. I, I just, yeah. I wish that move wasn't played, but uh, I thought Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater was an improvement. I thought that was a great game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was a, a pretty poor decision to switch over to to Raiden and everything because I just, I don't think he's a very good character. Uh, especially mm. not compared to, to Snake and stuff. So uh, that's both our number twos, I guess. What's your number one? Okay, number one. I think you could probably you could probably guess what this is going to be. This is a game I've talked about a lot. Uh, just yes, this year, there was actually uh, the first chapter in a remake of it. Uh, and that is Final Fantasy VII. Um, the game that introduced me to the world of final fantasy it's the game that introduced me to jrpgs in general and uh obviously it was the first game in the franchise to actually get a uh, a big you know commercial release success if you will in uh, in europe um yeah final fantasy 7 i mean what can i say three discs which was kind of unprecedented at the time i know that originally it was supposed to be on the super uh, super nintendo but they realized they'd need about 700 cartridges to actually make that happen so uh, it was saved for the playstation and uh, i immersed a lot of time a lot of time in this game um I really liked its story, its characters. Uh, I'm a big fan of turn-based combat, uh, where you know a lot of strategy is involved. Um, you know, Cloud Strife, the lead character in this game, is I think if you were to line up Final Fantasy, most fans would probably agree he's probably the most iconic character in the franchise, either him or Sephiroth, who's obviously also in the Kingdom Hearts games. You know, Sephiroth's also you know the big villain um, in this um i loved it i mean the summons you can summon materia 
Um, it was just, I, mean, I never completed it. It was three discs, and I probably accumulated about 60 hours on this game and still hadn't completed it. Wow, yeah. Because with JRPGs, you do have to immerse a lot of time. You can't just run from A to B. You've got to level up. There's a lot of grinding involved. Um, but I never, I actually never lost any enthusiasm or excitement. I just got to the point, actually, where uh, I got to the the later bosses in the game and i hadn't leveled up enough and i just really oh. struggled um but it's it's a hell of a game in my personal opinion i haven't played all of the final fantasy games it's my personal favorite i know it's regarded by many to be probably the best in the franchise and uh from what i played of the remake loved it but again i haven't really got that far into it uh admittedly i don't play video games as much as i used to um, but from what I've seen of the remake, it's it's very good. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, the Final Fantasy series is never one that's really clicked with me. Um, I played some of 15, which I didn't think was very good. I did try the uh, 7 remake, part 1, of who knows how many parts uh, it's going to be. Mm. But um, yeah, I played some of 7. I, I appreciated it a lot, certainly. It just, it just didn't click with me as a game that I needed to play and finish. Um, but you know the, the the fans of the game that uh, have played the the remake and stuff, such as yourself, has has have really said that they've uh, enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, if you manage to you know serve the the old audience, for, you know the previous audience for the, the the game and stuff, and you can make them happy, like nostalgic wise and that sort of thing, uh, then then you've you know you've achieved something at the end of the day. But um, yeah. it, it, I didn't think it was you know bad or or excellent or anything. It just I was kind of just completely neutral in, on it i thought it was a it was a good game but uh it just never quite necessarily clicked with me and i just i kind of moved on from it but uh i i still very much yeah, I, I think, you know, appreciate how you know how popular it's it's been and stuff so yeah i mean i know it, it it's often on a lot of lists for like you know one of the best video games of all time etc um you know, it's a game, yeah, you know, for nostalgic reasons, I love it, because it was my first, it, you know, it was the one that, I mean, it just it just completely immersed me. Uh, instead mm. of actually studying my GCSEs and that, I was busy <laughs> playing that. And the reason I didn't do well at school, I blame on that game, mm. um, because it, it just, its story immersed me. Um, but yeah, admittedly, one of the things I was very sceptical about, actually, with the remake, and a lot of people were, was because, obviously, it's not turn-based in the traditional sense anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's not hack and slash either. You watch the trailer, you think, this looks very hack and slash, but imagine it really isn't. There's a great level of strategy in each fight, etc. Um, but I, I'll admit, I do like the old-school turn-based combat. I've always been a big fan of that. I mean, even Pokemon. Not that I'm a huge fan of Pokemon, um, but I like that whole kind of, you know, turn-based um, formula. But, um, yeah, I, I think Final Fantasy is not, not one of the most accessible. It's definitely an acquired mm. taste, I think, that franchise. Yeah. Uh, my number one, to nobody's surprise, is Crash Bandicoot 3. You you all knew that when you pressed play on this podcast to begin with. Uh, but, um, yeah, Crash Bandicoot 3, developed by Naughty Dog, who I think are my favourite developer, you know, Last of Us Two, Uncharted, Crash Bandicoot. They've uh, they've really done a lot that's that's uh, made me happy and stuff. Uh, released in 1998, of course, now owned by Activision uh, and not developed by Naughty Dog or, or anything. Um, but because uh, of course Naughty Dog's moved on and and done other games since then. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a game that does mean a lot to me. I'm really really looking forward to uh, what they're gonna do with uh, Crash Bandicoot Four. Uh, and everything like that. I think that looks really, really good. Um, see, a lot of people, when they go to talk about the best of Crash Bandicoot 3, and you do only hear about 1, 2, and 3, and obviously, like you said, with number 1 being just... Uh, I, think, I think number 1's a bit of a different beast, definitely, to, to the others. It's just fundamentally a little bit different. Uh, you can't run, you can't slide, you have one jump. Uh, you can spin once, you can't do any of this, like, double jump or sliding or or uh, running or anything like that you get those those things later in the uh in the franchise uh a lot of people criticize the third one for having some mechanics that didn't quite make sense because you've got like the wampa fruit bazooka you've got the tornado spin you've got the slide the double jump and a lot of people have kind of said like oh you can just if once you've unlocked the uh fruit uh, the, the wampa bazooka thing you can just like stand in the levels and shoot everything in front of you and complete them that's true to a degree but 
but to me, right, when you go to play a Crash Bandicoot game, you're gonna want to collect all the gems and the and you know the crystals and the time trials and all that stuff. You you can't do that in a level if you want to get the time trial because you'll just completely run out of time. It's already you know close enough as it is. Um, so I understand to a degree the whole like oh you can just sort of stand back and shoot everything in front of you. First of all, that's not a fun option at all. Like I, I, I wouldn't choose to, to sort of do that. In fact I remember when I unlocked the uh the bazooka in the third game I didn't really use it a whole lot because I still wanted to, you know, run and jump and spin and do all the, the normal stuff that you do. Uh so I I understand that criticism to a degree but I don't agree with it if 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 that makes sense. Uh, plus like I said if if you want to go for you know the 100% completion uh, in in Crash Bandicoot 3. You can't use that with time trials. So, um, but no, I think the the inclusions of I mean, if you look at what they've done, they've evolved the character over time. Because you look at the first game, a basic jump, one spin, can't run, you can't slide. The second game, I think you could could you run in the second game? You could definitely slide and double jump, and I think you could spin yeah a little bit more. And then in the third game, you've got even more added. And then in the fourth game, you know the one that's going to come out in gosh just just over two weeks um and they're adding like all these different masks and stuff so it's it's been great to just sort of sit back and watch and you know play these games and look at how this character has evolved over time uh but i think the third game's still the best example i think it's got also the best some of the best levels uh the best warp room um i think the story is is, is kind of you know more interesting and stuff there um you've got more involvement with coco and all that um yeah, I think it's uh, I I think it's the best of the Crash games. I do think that Crash Bandicoot Four is gonna beat the third one as the the best game in the franchise. Of course, the other ones we won't talk about. You know, Crash of the Titans and all this, all these other mm, yeah. nonsensical kind of games that came out. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, that's my that's my number one. Not that anybody's gonna be particularly surprised. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of Crash Three? I know you kind of mentioned it a bit earlier. Yeah, Crash Three. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough one. Because I really like all three of them. Mm. Um, it, it's really tough. Because the third one does throw a bit more variety into it. But it's like you said, then some people kind of turn around and say, well, it doesn't feel like Crash Bandicoot now. Because they're, they're throwing so many different gameplay styles. Well, like the jet ski. Um, the jet ski and the plane levels and all that. But to me, they were perfectly welcome. I, I still really like the first one. Uh, it's like... He said, though, because that was an early release. That was released in early 96, wasn't it? So, you know, Naughty Dog was still trying to, you know, try and find solid footing with this franchise and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it was a little more kind of limited. But I think Crash 3 is great fun. I think all three of them are really good platformers. Um, but, yeah, with a third game, um, yeah, I, I actually liked and welcomed some of the new, some of the new kind of uh, gameplay features mm -hmm. in it. The thing for me, it still keeps very much the core of what Crash Bandicoot is there, while just adding these kind of... Because you don't have to use the bazooka, you don't have to use the tornado spin, um, or whatever, but they're, they're these optional kind of things that you can uh, sort of put in there. So Yeah. Um, um, but... It must be noted as well, the two toughest ga levels in the entire franchise, from what I know, were both in the first game. Yeah, still me. And they were the levels on the... <laughs> on the oh, no, not even... No, it was the two levels on the bridge... Yeah, yeah, the bridge that like falls apart, and that. there's one of them where you have to use the turtles to bounce across the bridge. There's huge gaps. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, even on the PS4 oh, remaster, that was that was really hard. Yeah, they they are tough. Uh, they take. Um, admittedly, the first time I tried doing it, I must have lost about fifteen twenty lives plus. Mm, um, so yeah. it really does kind of push your kind of platforming skills to the limit. Levels like that. Um, I think they certainly toned down, not that it's a bad thing or anything, they certainly, I think, toned down the difficulty uh, by the third game somewhat. Um, yeah. But it's still, it tough, you know, it's still, it's still great fun. Yeah. 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 So, uh, which it looks like the fourth game is going to kind of follow that formula as well. But, um, yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly quite a crazy game, the, the first one. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's our list for uh, the top five and honourable mentions and whatnot for PlayStation 1 games. We are planning to do the same with PlayStation 2 and 3, um, and probably by the time we've done those, um, we'll be able to, at some point, do the uh, the PlayStation 4 ones as well. Of course, not not every game that's going to come out on PS4 is actually out, because there's still quite a lot of games from uh, the end of this year. But uh, we'll go through the PlayStation 2 and 3 ones first, and then we'll worry about the uh, PlayStation 4 podcast later. But... Um, 
yeah, I think that's certainly a good thing to do if uh, if you're up for doing that. The PlayStation Two and I'd Three. I'd certainly be well. up for that. Yeah, yep. there's 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 already Definitely. some games yeah. I can think of to to put in there. So, um, and yeah. if you uh, have listened for for a good few years, you probably know what my number one is for uh, PlayStation Three. But we'll reveal that at a later date. So uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, thank you all very much for listening. What are some of your favourite and best PlayStation One games, or not just PlayStation games? Uh, you know, not not just PlayStation One games. Sorry, what are your favourite PlayStation games uh, from either the one, two, three, or four? Uh, and what are you what are you looking forward to seeing as well on the PlayStation Five? We're going to find out a little bit more this Wednesday. So tune in for uh, whatever they're going to talk about on Wednesday as well. So uh, you can email your thoughts and questions and whatnot at uh, MatthewAdEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. So get involved. Uh, do you disagree with our list, which is perfectly fine. Um, so uh, yeah, let us know how you feel about all of that. You can find everything else that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, lots of stuff going on at the moment. The Breaking Bad podcast has launched. The Breaking Bad rewatch podcast. Uh, the Boys podcast as well for the uh, Amazon Prime series. Uh, gaming Talk podcast as well if you want more uh, gaming discussion. That's with Robert either on Tuesdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh, we're planning to do the episode this week on Thursday. So it'll be the day after the uh, PlayStation 5 events. So have a look out for that as well. Uh, also, cinemas have reopened. So look out for some... Uh, film reviews that I've done already. New Mutants, Tenet, some other ones that's come coming soon as well. So have a look out for all that. Uh you can support the podcast. There's a few different options for you. Patreon, you can have a look at the one dollar and three dollar level tiers for instant ad free podcast and instant po- and uh, review options sorry as well. Amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff on Amazon we can get a small cut. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds please rate review subscribe to those. Go and also look for the new um Breaking Bad and the Boys podcast. Those are also available on uh, Spotify as well because they've been put on there. So have a look out for those. Uh, Barry is on uh, Talk and Stalk on YouTube as well. That's for the horror podcast. And if you want uh, some DC podcasts to listen to as well, Snyder Cut, Batman, Suicide Squad, etc. Uh, that's Geektopia on YouTube. So look out for those. Geektopia and Talk and Stalk on YouTube. Get yourselves subscribed to that as well. That would be really good. Uh, if you want to know about uh, up-to-date, reliable TV and film news, David's got you covered. Geektown.co.uk. Geektown Radio as well on Tuesdays. Have a look out for those episodes as well uh, and also look out for Geek Town on iTunes to so subscribe over there Bex is streaming daily at the moment on Twitch you can search for her Trista Bytes Trista B-Y-T-E-S go and search for that on Twitch follow there subscribe and everything over there as well uh, word of mouth you can simply tell people that you know about the website iTunes feeds and everybody else's work as well or everybody else's content social media Facebook, Twitter and if you can in different Facebook groups that really helps out as well um, Let's Play Sundays has returned there will be a new episode Round about the time this episode goes out as well. So look out for that as well for uh, Let's Play Sunday episodes on Sundays. Thank you all very much for listening and we will see you next time. Goodbye.